Welcome to Tessa Dare. Are you there? I am. Thank you very Hi. much for having me. You are so welcome. I am so excited to have you today. Um, do you want to tell everybody who you are and what you write? Well, like you said, my name's Tessa Dare. I write historical romance novels. I have my 20th just coming out this month, which is a big uh, milestone for me. I'm very proud of that. Um, I have written for Avon, which is a division of HarperCollins, for most of them. And in the rest of my life, I live in Southern California. I was originally a librarian in public libraries. Uh, I have two kids, three cats. That's I about to, it. <laughs> I have to, that's, that's nothing. Okay, that's all. <laughs> There's nothing more to say there. Um, no, when I was preparing for this, I went, I was like, oh, I need to get the number of how many books Tess has written. So I went and I counted, or I thought I counted, on Amazon, and then I was on your site, and you have that nifty-difty uh, nif uh, reading list, which all readers should go look at, and um, it's, I counted there, and I got 20, and I didn't realize it had been that much, but um, but it has. I mean, I'm looking at the list going, that is so much, and you started publishing in 2009, is that correct? Yeah, but... So you had like I ten saved writing up, in right. two thousand six, <laughs> okay. right? I I before my first one came out, I was halfway through writing the fifth. So, so yeah, it it was um, there were a few, and I have to be honest, five of those twenty are novellas, so they're not quite as long. But yes, but they're just as yeah, good. It, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> they still take a lot of work because the hard part for me is coming up with the characters and. Mm. and all of that. So um, that is the same amount of work for a novella as for a novel. But yeah, 20. 20. And you get a pen, for me a that feels like a lot, but <laughs> you know what? No, my, <laughs> my organization, they have we, the RWA Romance Writers of America. They just started offering pins for numbers of milestones of books. But they have a 10 pin and then they have a 25. So oh. when they started the 10 pin, I was already at like 17, 18, and I felt like I'm not gonna go back and get the 10. But now I have to wait for the 25. But then somebody suggested to me, just get two 10s. <laughs> together sort of like a roman numeral system yes. maybe i will <laughs> see romance writers are good at math we can, we can figure absolutely. out that problem so absolutely your next book that's coming out next week i can't wait yes. it's, it's next week right it August, is August it is 22nd? less than a week away now oh my gosh yes it's the duchess deal correct it's the duchess it deal? is all right and um, like I said, I was prepared for this interview, and you have gotten starred reviews in Publishers Weekly and Library Journal, and I am the only person that did not manage to wrangle a, a, a advanced reading copy oh, of no. this. But no, 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 I no, 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 no. You told me. I would have <laughs> no. said to I can't. No, I made sure I've, you did. I've got it pre-ordered, and there's a certain joy in. And when it comes in over your Kindle and, you know, you see everyone on Twitter, like, going, like, Wee, we got it. We all, get to, yeah. we all get to experience it together. But I'm so excited. But, but tell us about the Duchess deal. 
Well, it's the first book in a new series for me. Uh, we're calling the series Girl Meets Duke because uh, they're just, as is the usual for me, I am writing unconventional heroines with various pursuits and occupations and backgrounds that put them a little outside the norm for a Regency romance heroine and giving them men that just about any other girl would be excited to have. <laughs> so <laughs> I really love that trope, you know, the kind of nerdy aqua girl and the handsome, also smart, with his own insecurities, of course, man. Yes. <laughs> and putting, you know, making odd couples work. It's always fun for me. I was so anyway, the Duchess deal. Yes, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. The Duchess deal itself. Uh, the heroine, her name is Emma. She is a seamstress um, who had a little bit of a fall from grace. She was a gentleman's daughter, but ended up working for a seamstress when she and her uh, father were estranged. And she recently made a wedding dress for a woman who was about to become the wife of a duke, but their engagement broke off and she never got paid for the dress. So she needs the money and she decides to go to the duke's house and wear the dress so he cannot ignore her <laughs> and demand to be paid for it. So Ash, the, the hero, is uh, had returned from the war, the Napoleonic War, with some dreadful uh, injuries and resulting scars. And this is part of the reason his fiance broke off the wedding. Oh, that bitch. And uh, <laughs> I know, I know, she really, she really is nasty. I don't write nasty women very often. Um, I usually try to make them sympathetic in their own way. Mm. But yeah, this one, there's really no saving that. Mm. She really is kind of a bitch. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so anyway, he needs a wife, however, even though this, you know, fiance broke it off. So when Emma shows up in this wedding gown in his office one day, uh, you know, she's there. She's the daughter of a gentleman, even though she's working as a seamstress at the time. She's marriageable and childbearing age. She's pretty, she seems smart, he's into it, and he offers to marry her right there. She doesn't immediately say yes, but <laughs> eventually she does. Does she ask and, for her money uh, first? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I tested dare heroin would. <laughs> of course, in fact, he's here like, well, I can give you the three pounds I owe you, or however much it was, or I can marry you, and she takes the three pounds and leaves. <laughs> Because she's so convinced he's not, couldn't be serious. Um, but once it becomes obvious that he is serious, or at least crazy enough to go through with it, she says yes. Because really, um, it's hard to turn that down if you're uh, a girl of any sense at that time. She's going to need uh, some sense of security. She can't work as a seamstress forever. So she says yes, and they have what's called in romance a marriage of convenience. Love it. Two people marry. They have no, I know, this has all my favorite tropes, really. Sort of the marriage of convenience, the beauty and the beast mm -hmm. set up where the hero has, you know, is tortured and dark, and the heroine is the one to bring him out of his 
brooding and they have a lot of banter because they're both smart and funny that's always my fun part to write so obviously eventually they overcome their differences and their issues and fall in love spoilers yeah no spoilers here man (laughs) romance doesn't have spoilers (laughs) it's all about how you get there it's like saying the murder is solved at the end of a murder mystery you know it's going to be solved but it's just a matter of how well I was I was thinking about your books and that I think you do such a great job with the unconventional heroines and the heroes that are wounded but not I don't know you know unattainably so and that it never interferes with their ability to react like a human being you know they're not alpha holes necessarily (laughs) um duke bag yeah oh i like that you know um like they can be i'm thinking about um oh shoot the one um with the i have a boyfriend in canada uh trope (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah when a scott ties when a scott ties right. right i mean he's got issues up the wazoo but he's still oh, yeah. you know is loyal he's a good friend he's respectful and um you know that's he's a functioning person yes. yeah, and but you with good qualities but you still show that they have to overcome some things both of them so um that's that's just lovely to read and i love the um thank you the unconventional heroines too i've noticed for a while i i sometimes blog about what i read and i love historical romance and i've noticed for a while that my favorite ones do have these unconventional heroines um but a lot of your ideas come from they're kind of modern high concept you know like i was talking about um like you had one with role-playing was it LARPing? Is that is that yes, the term? Yes. And yeah, that's romancing the Duke. Romancing yeah. the Duke. That's right. And um, actually, I, f- I had kind of asked around for people um, to see if there were any questions for you. And one person did ask, if you could LARP anything, what would you LARP? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. To be completely honest, I am not much of a costume person, like, at all, even on Halloween. Yeah, me neither. But, um, you know, I've been, I think, of course, the whole Regency mm-hmm. era is a, good, is a good one. I have one dress that might be a little bit Regency. And honestly, Regency clothes were quite comfortable compared to True. a lot of eras. True. Georgians, Victorians, they were, you know, laced and buttoned so hard they couldn't breathe. But Regency was kind of a... They had sort of a very comfortable attire. Um, let's see, other other LARPing that I would do. Oh, right now my husband and I are really into Game of Thrones. Yes. So I might have to uh, put on something there. Oh, and another one I, we've been watching a lot is uh, The Last Kingdom. Have you ever seen no. that? It's on Netflix. Me? It's a... Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think my husband was talking to me about it. Who's in it? It's so good. Um, the, I'm writing the it down. The male star... Yeah. <laughs> the man who stars in it is named Alexander Draymond, and he's fantastic. Um, and it's a story about early Middle Ages England, before England was actually England, okay. and there was Wessex and Mercia and... Uh, the different uh, smaller kingdoms within 
what's now England and the struggles that were going on and uh, how it all became, all it all came together. I think it's based on a Bernard Car- Cornwell oh, yeah. series yeah. of books. And uh, the Uhtred, the main character, is uh, who is from Northumberland, but was captured by Danes and so grew up as a Dane. And he sort of has, crosses the line between the Danes and the native Britons, I guess that's what they were called. And uh, so he becomes a figure that's a little bit of a uniting figure. Oh my gosh, it's great. And I love the costumes (laughs) of this show because especially in season two season two is amazing it's like they gave all these viking dane guys like hipster uh they're just wearing like leather pants and these sort of knitted sweaters (laughs) and leather oh i'm in i'm in i know exactly it's obviously somewhat historical but they also just look like really hot guys walking down the street in la man buns and braids and all I just, yeah. Is this how you get your creative yeah, mojo? I love this for shallow <laughs> reasons and for, um, so I, I kind of wish I would see a guy cosplaying. Oh! Um, I don't know if the costumes for the women would be quite as exciting. So that kind of reacts um, relates to another question someone asked me to ask you. Um, about your Poldark fanfic, is this true? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I have one that I, I started out by writing Jane Austen fanfic, and I still, you know, I'm a slow writer, so I don't, I would write more fanfic if I had the time for it. That's amazing. Is this out for people to read, or is it in your drawer for you? It is, the fan, the, the, the Jane Austen ones? The Poldark um, was, I'm I'm a little Poldark obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, it's on AO3. If you email me, I'll give you Okay. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be one of those, I guess it's kind of, it's touchy in in fandom, whether if you're also a published author, you should out yourself because people don't want to think that you're promoting yourself somehow it's only one fic and it's um carolite which is carolyn and dwight uh because in the most recent season they had that moment where you know they get engaged and he's leaving the next morning and she's like where's your room and then they disappear together and you don't see anything else and i was really upset about that and so i felt like i needed to write you need that to fill in the gaps Exactly. That's what fanfic's yeah. all about. The show does you know? that a lot, though. I mean, I think I don't know. I, I don't know if it's me as yeah. a viewer or me as a writer, but they'll skip. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That was maybe yeah. an important scene that we would have liked to see, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of fanfic. Yes. You can fill in all those gaps. Well, with twenty or the unsaid things. Sorry, no, it's okay. No. Um, with 20 books, do you have a favorite or a favorite hero? Or is that well, hard? Well, an author's not really supposed to admit 
favorite. Just you and me. It's <laughs> just you and me right here. your favorite <laughs> child. But you know what? I will say, actually, I don't have too much uh, problem admitting that one of the books I had the most fun writing in the couple that I had a lot of fun writing was um, Colin and Minerva in A Week yes. to be Wicked. And it tends to be a reader favorite, too, because I think... You know, it's obvious that I had fun with it and it kind of came through in the book. I mean, I have fun with all of them and I love them all for different reasons, but that one was, it felt like kind of like two halves of my brain talking to each other and <laughs> it has all my nerdiness and all. <laughs> it's so, um, I really, really enjoyed it. The heroine's a geologist and she needs to get to Scotland to present her dinosaur footprint at a symposium and this charming yet totally uh, this kind of playboy man ends up as her sort of unwilling travel partner. So it's a road romance and it has a lot, it has science and all kinds of geeky banter in it. and I just loved writing love them. Um, I love that one. I mean, I love all of them. Um, but I think, uh, since you gave your favorite, I'll give you my favorite. I think I've told you this before. Um, okay, good. Uh, a Lady by Midnight, which going back to... Really? I know, I think you. I think the first... Yeah, again, it no, goes back to sorry, go the unconventional heroine and the really wounded um, alpha, but he's yeah. so caring and so sensitive and... Um, I just love that. I think I've reread it like two or three times. Thorn. You know what? Of that, of those two books, it seems like people, yeah, people have a strong favorite between Colin and Thorn. Really? And I think probably more people love Cor- yeah. Colin. But then the people who prefer A Lady by Midnight and Thorn, like really, really love him (laughs) so it's like it's like there's no uh middle ground and i think it's true it's like which kind of hero is your favorite sort of the charming um rakish hero or the more tortured oh definitely i've seen so if you like a darker tortured hero he's definitely your guy because he's probably the most tortured hero i've ever written (laughs) he had it hard really hard and he is. He's so devoted. And willing to sacrifice everything, which is so good. Oh, yeah. Um, well, like I said earlier, you, you have a lot of modern, more modern things kind of popping up here and there. Um, do oh, absolutely. Do you ever think you would write contemporary romance? Or is an you editor know, at Avon going to kill me right now for suggesting time. that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But um, I don't know. It's it's true. I often I, I put a modern sensibility into my yeah. historicals, um, but I haven't really been tempted to write modern uh, contemporary romance. I think historical is just what made me fall in love with romance. It's always been what I wanted to write, so I haven't really felt too tempted to deviate from that. Um, plus, you know what, I, I don't really know, I've, it's taken me this long to figure out what people in the Regency wore, and quite honestly, I don't know what modern people <laughs> wear that aren't, you know, dressed in pajamas and t-shirts. I, I, I would have to figure it out. I, it's all those little things of what 
perfume and all these. I don't even know. I'm not in that sort of <laughs> realm. So quite honestly, it, I mean, I think it's, it's under it's undervalued how much research contemporary mm. authors have to do. They really do. They research the professions and the settings and all kinds of things. So uh, I, I really feel sometimes a contemporary author will say to me, I don't know how you research all the history. And you know what? It's I don't know how they get all the police procedure and the hacking and all of those sorts of things. Right. So. Um, it would just be a whole different challenge, and maybe someday I will feel moved to take it on. But at this point, I'm really well, happy. You get to do the sweet spot there. I mean, you get to kind of and and put the modern voice or the you know, modern high concept in there, and not have to you know, and then get the the fun of a world where there's no cell phones or internet, and people can legitimately <laughs> get the mistaken yes. identity. <laughs> Yes, without like so a quick Google search I mean, would have solved that, duh. <laughs> yes, it's so it's so true, and I I really think a lot that that's another challenge in contemporary romance is how do you sustain a conflict when exactly there's Google and cell phones and and um, very few communication barriers and very few informational barriers. Um, and I just, one other thing that I really love about historicals is that you can talk about those big concepts like loyalty and honor and devotion and um, not that people don't have them in the modern world, but I feel like there's this sort of veneer mm. of irony that exists over it. It's harder to talk, it's harder to write something like he felt, you know, his sense of honor compelled him to do something different without it sounding right. a little hokey in a modern story. So I, I like to be able to kind of paint in those sort of really broad brushes of emotion and values that the distance of time can kind of, and our, our once upon a timeness can, mm-hmm. can allow. Like that. It occurs to me that Perhaps that's one reason why, you know, the military romance or where the hero is a military marine, SEAL, what have you. Yeah, because they can true. talk about those types of things and, and not, there is no irony there. It's, mm-hmm. you know, part of a code they have to live no, up to or right. that they want to live up to. Duty right. and brotherhood and all those. And so yes, absolutely. People still want to have absolutely. some of those old fashioned, I don't want to say old fashioned, but traditional, you know, parts of the story. Right, right. Those sort of, you know, those mm-hmm. primal type of values that it, we all we all feel, but it's harder to talk about them sometimes in a modern setting because I don't know if it's, like I said, it, it's sometimes in the mouths of certain characters can sound a little yeah, cheesy. So. But if you're writing the, the, like you said, that's a really, that's true. That kind of a culture or a paranormal world building can sometimes provide that as well. But for me, it's And those paranormal authors, they get to do so much other stuff, like make their characters invisible and (laughs) they they get to bend a lot of rules over there. Yeah. Cheaters. Yeah. But then they have to create their own rules, really. I think that's difficult too. World building is is uh, 
So no Tessadere paranormals it's, in the future? It's a big... <laughs> no, I, I really think that that's... It's, yeah, it's outside my mm. wheelhouse, for sure. Unless, it's, unless they're LARPing. It's not my... <laughs> LARPing vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and elements of fantasy, sure. To me, to me, the whole Regency setting has a li- is mm. a little bit of a... You know, to me, we're all playing in a sort of... Um, established yeah. fandom oh. with the Regency because a lot of this, the conventions of the Regency romance are not necessarily historically quote-unquote accurate or even if they were within certain, certain you know there's a very people are on a spectrum some people go by rules and some people don't and some people are in one class and other people are in another class and I don't think it's really possible to say well there were these set of rules that Regency society always operated by. And a lot of the conventions also come from authors like Georgette Hare, who basically created the genre and she was writing with a sensibility of her own time. So I think sometimes there's this idea that we're all striving to write a story that really took place in 1812, but I don't know, personally, I'm not that's not my goal. I, I feel like I enjoy the atmosphere that's been created over all these generations of different writers within historical romance. There's certain rules to the world that whether they correspond with history or not, we enjoy, we know you can step into it. So that's sort of how I look at it as a fandom that we're all sharing. We can just put little snippets on I think you're exactly on. right. I had never thought of it that way, but... Um... Yeah, because that's one reason why it's so comforting. We can jump in and, um, even though it's mm-hmm. an unconventional heroine or some, you know, you've twisted some trope, um, you know, we know, we know the rules. We know what's going to happen. No spoilers, though. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. The guys, yeah. get to, they get together. So many, so many people are going <laughs> to be mad right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, So no. I... <laughs> They you are more. a member of the board of the Romance Writers of America. Is that co- that's still correct? Okay. You're yes, it is still correct for year. another year. Well, thank you for your service. And then my term will be and, over. Um, I'm so- Why? It is an honor <laughs> and a privilege. I, um, yeah. Well, no, I really thought is. the conference was went great this year. I had a lot of things that I I need to email you oh, guys. I'm so glad I think to I hear talked it. to a couple of board members here and there in Orlando, but I was like, I'm going to write y'all an email and let you know what a great job this was. But um, that would be well, fantastic. Well, here's some feedback. Again, I got a question from uh, Miss Laura Von Holt, who said um, she wanted to know, will there be a post-Rita dance Hi, party next year? <laughs> I certainly hope so. I think it, it, that was one of the things that we got the most positive feedback about everybody loved the dance party so i if there's in any way a way to make it happen i I think it will you've you've got to do it now (laughs) yeah i mean i can't don't take my word as there will be a petition you know the planning still has to happen but i think of all the things that were new this year that was the most popular and then we got to spend you know the next two days still hanging out with our dance party friends so uh that was very fun the next morning people were laughing at me (laughs) 
strangers. I didn't even know, but they saw me and they're like, "Oh, you were out late last night." Oh. It was great. <laughs> I know. That's really cool. Helps everybody be a little yeah, more human. Yeah, I know. I guess they do know where maybe. I was last night. <laughs> I've seen you sweating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's fun. And then, oh, I think I've told. I have a friend named Amy, um, who the first time we ever really talked, we talked about you. And uh, we'd been kind of in the same Aww. circles in the neighborhood and the and the school. And then the first time we talked, she asked me what I did. And I said I was a writer. And she said, what do you write? And I said, romance. And she's like, oh, I love romance. And then we, I don't remember which one of us oh, brought good. it up. But I think we brought up... Um, um, whatever your latest one was that was a couple of years ago and and we're in a book club and we're super good friends now but you brought us together so i did want to say thank you for that oh, that's and fantastic. she wanted to know i'm so Amy glad to, to hear know it. where you get or how you get your creative mojo <laughs> um you know it's a variety of things it's uh it's reading of course you know when I feel like I I recently I gave a talk just last week to my local RWA chapter uh, and I called it the last first kiss and it was all about writing kissing scenes because that is my favorite job thing to write and so to prepare (laughs) I know it's so it is it's just so tough and well, but actually, after 20 books, making a kissing scene unique actually does get a little tricky. But to prepare for it, and as examples, um, I went to my keeper shelf, and I pulled off some of my books where I could remember the kisses so well um, and read through them again. And it was just so inspiring. It was like, ah, oh, this, yes, this. This is what made me want to write romance. And then there's also, you know, movies and TV often inspire me a lot. I was actually weirdly inspired for this new book by um, Deadpool. I just wanted to write that kind of hero who was scarred, but also very, had a really good okay, sense I of I thought humor, I saw that on Twitter and, and I didn't get, I, I was like, Deadpool Regency, what the heck is, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's where it came from. But then I think he turned a little darker and a little less wisecracky. Um, but that that sort of idea, I wanted that kind of banter and that kind of uh, combination of of tortured and still and decent and uh, witty. So um, yeah, there was uh, there's that different movies, different TV shows, and um, and just. You know, those are where I mostly get my romantic mojo. And then a lot of the filling in the details and the settings and whatnot comes from either travel or just listening to people talk. I I love my favorite question to ask people is, um, who is the strangest relative that you have? The, the you know, the baddie aunt or the... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the crazy cousin, because I've I you get so many interesting stories. Oh, because <laughs> yes. everybody's got one, right? That's a great. Um, I'll tell yours? you after we stop recording. <laughs> okay, you never know; they might be picking up uh, so, podcasting. <laughs> oh, well, what have you yeah. been reading lately, or what would you? What have you been recom- read? What have you read and recommended, or or what's on your nightstand? 
Well, the recent, the book that I finished most recently um, was called, it's not, a, it's not, it's not in the romance genre, but it has romance in it. And it's a mystery, and I just loved it. It was called Ooh. A Beautiful Poison. I think the author's name is Lydia King. Lydia, I have to look it up. Um, man, I loved that book. It was a historical fiction with mystery and romance, and set and had science. It's a great it was title. Just all my things. Just all <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, and the 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 three main characters are young people who are sort of trying to solve a set of mystery, a set of murders, and one is a uh, aspiring doctor who works in a morgue, and one of the women is uh, loves chemistry, and so she is very. Uh, smart and always curious about different chemical reactions and another one is a, a poorer girl who was once a servant in these Gilded Age uh, families' homes and she works in a factory painting watch dials and clock dials with mm. radium before they understood that radiation mm -hmm. could kill you um, for for this for the war effort from World War one you know wanting to uh, clock dials that the soldiers oh, could man. see in the dark and so these people these women I mean this is historical fact in these factories would paint hundreds of these a day and the best way to get the small you know to be precise with your painting was to lick the brush oh. in between every oh, one. So like 200 times a day, they were painting their lips oh with a little bit gosh. of radium. Oh, they God. didn't become superheroes, did they? So anyway, yeah. doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they didn't get superpowers. What? Uh, you know, yeah, we've been it. lied to all these years. So I know. So it had, you know, it's these, all these interesting bits of, um, of history. It was just beautifully well, written. I loved it so out. much. And it does have some 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 very um, oh, lovely I bits love of it. I love it when they all well. mash it all together. It's great. I do too. So it's that okay. wasn't a romance talk novel, about all genres. the thing that I most um, recently read. I, I was, sometimes I, I just, uh, yeah, I wonder if you ever have her as a guest. I oh, will I will definitely check it out. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think she also writes YA. I need to get to find her other oh, things. Yeah. Um, Are you ready? Anyway, so there you go. Sometimes I have to read outside the genre just to sort of oh, definitely. clear my definitely. head a little well, and, bit. And those of us who write multi, multiple genres, genre. I can't do one while I'm doing the other. You know, I'm just like, um, because, I, you know, there's a consciousness Yes, I think yeah, a lot you just of don't writers are that way. Yes, anything unconscious or conscious to get in, you know, because you know it, it can happen. Um, yes, all of a sudden you've got a book that's like Deadpool. <laughs> it's very hard to turn off your work brain. Yeah, exactly. Well, are you ready exactly. for the lightning round? Are you ready? It's so fun. <laughs> um. Yeah. You actually. Oh no! Sound no. Okay. Up with me just um, a little, but okay. No, well, as long as it sounds okay oh, no. to you, then that's the important yeah. thing. So. I, yeah, yeah, it kind of lightning round broke up a little. I'm bad at these, but I just say that off <laughs> the top of my head. 
If I had answers on the tip of my tongue, I you will. I will give you options because the reason I write is because it. Then I can put the perfect retort down that I thought of like <laughs> a week later in the show. I'm going to give you options here. So okay, I'll do um, my best. Do you prefer dark okay. or milk chocolate? Milk. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Coffee. When your phone rings, do you answer it? No. Do you... I hate talking on the phone so <laughs> much. So much. I know. It's awful. I look, and if it doesn't have a caller ID, I don't answer it. And if it does have a caller ID, um, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, do you prefer mountains or the beach? <sighs> mountains. Do you prefer abs, chiseled jaw, or forearms? Forearms. Yes. I am such a... Okay. I don't know. Let me yeah. think of a clean word there. Um, I am a sucker for Enthusiast. <laughs> I am a forearm enthusiast. Yes. We should have a club. Sexiest part by far. Yes. Okay. And, uh, wait. Okay, we got this one. Are you more likely to buy a book cover with abs on it or with a beach on it? Ooh, I think abs. Yeah. Beaches, like, they're the... You know, it's a like genre. A book. I mean, I call it's it so, beach. Yeah, I beach guess genre. it is. Yeah. I guess it's it okay. is. But an abs genre to too. me. <laughs> I am. I. I have gotten so over the idea of uh, being timid about covers, or you know, right? Like, what you know? I don't. The book is about sexy people. Why not put sexy people on the cover? And, <laughs> and it's a and. You know what? Images of sexy people are on every magazine. Look at, you know, ben, Men's Fitness Magazine has hot abs on it every single month, and nobody judges that. That's so true. I like that. I'm going to use that argument one day. All right. This is my very important and last question. What are your feelings about people who turn to the last page of a book first? <laughs> Um, you know, it's not, it's not something I do, <laughs> but I understand it. It's okay. I mean, I'm all right with it. If certain, you know, everybody reads differently and especially sometimes people, they really want to feel like they will be safe in a book for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Yeah. And I totally get that. They don't, um, certain things are really triggers for somebody or it just brings up emotions that they they don't want to deal with at that time and place, and especially in romance. It's, romance is a, is a genre where you you want to feel comforted and optimistic and safe within the book. So I don't blame people at all no. who want to skim and see what happens at the end. But, but you don't, usually. I don't, unless the book <laughs> is so suspenseful that like halfway or two-thirds of the way through, I just cannot bear it anymore. And I will sometimes either skim to the end or flip ahead just to assure myself that it's going to be okay. But that's rare. Mostly, I prefer to go through the book. I tell you what, if you want a good... And this is also a good question to ask people because I've, I've started asking like your crazy relative one and I've been shocked at some of the answers <laughs> I get from people I thought I knew. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Anyway, well, thank you so much for uh, joining me here, and we've I've enjoyed talking to you about all of this random stuff. But uh, I've got new recommendations. Well, it's been my pleasure. And I cannot wait for Good. your book next week. Awesome! I will be really glad when it comes out. <laughs> okay. I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks, Tessa. Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Or, this is the fun part, I have an actual phone number in our show notes. Call, leave a message about a book that you loved and you want the world to know about, and I will try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast, which, after all, is all about reading and readers. This is Lindsay Emery on Women With Books. Keep reading.